Welcome back, everyone, to Point of Sale, the retail supply chain show where we break down great retailers and the data and technology that move their supply chains. Uh, we've got a good show for you today, a wonderful guest as well as we dive into the world of international uh, retailers and e-commerce and how to grow the technology behind growing into different markets across the world, and more importantly, working with vendors across the world as well. And speaking of, I have a really good case study for us to dive into today. In the past, we talked about a lot of the technology behind DoorDash and what's brought their exposure into the market and explosion and taking over on-demand delivery. Uh, today, I figured let's start with uh, uh, a retailer in a way, more of a convenience retailer uh, who's looking to emerge more in the e-commerce market. And for everyone who's a fan of Slurpees, which uh, I will judge anyone who is not, uh, the good old 7-Eleven. Now, uh, we all know 7-Eleven is the, one of our favorite convenience stores. Uh, once a year, they allow us to go into their their uh, four walls with any type of uh, container whatsoever and fill it up with as much Slurpee as we want to. And every once in a while on 7-Eleven in uh, July, we get a chance to get a free Slurpee. But I think what a lot of people uh, don't realize is the, the growth and the expansion of 7-Eleven over the the upcoming past years. Uh, right now, there's about 77,000 different 7-Eleven stores across 18 countries, not just here in the U.S., many over in Asia and Latin America as well. Uh, they actually serve, between just Japan and North America, 29 million customers a day. So huge stuff. And they're really trying to bridge that gap now between e-commerce and convenience stores, much like we've seen with these on-demand delivery products, something like GoPuff, right? Who's creating almost an e-commerce-like convenience store. Uh, 7-Eleven is looking to compete with that. They're not going anywhere and they've made the investments and the partnerships in order to do so. Uh, and uh, one in particular I've noticed uh, is Speedway. It's a gas station chain that many know about, one of my favorites as well, who actually always had slushies and Slurpees as well. Well, I noticed over the past year that they started serving uh, Slurpees, the 7-Eleven brand. And what's that for? Well, they acquired Speed, or Speedway, 7-Eleven acquired Speedway in 2020 for $21 billion, which was a huge move. Of course, with that comes the number of gas stations, uh, actual physical locations, warehouses, etc. Now, I want to dive into exactly where these investments and partnerships have focused on in the technology side of things in order to achieve that growth. Uh, if we can bring up uh, there's this first chart here, we're going to dive into four different areas that they focused on. Uh, one, customer loyalty and rewards, lifestyle engagement, on-demand delivery, and financial services. Uh, all of these are big areas of their strategy in order to continue this growth and compete with a number of these uh, on-demand competitors. And we'll find out soon some of them they're actually partnering with. So let's start with uh, customer loyalty, if we can bring that one up. Uh, a couple that they've actually partnered with, and this will showcase a lot of their work on their global expansion. Uh, first is out of South Korea, uh, 
group called Kakao Bank, uh, where basically every time that they buy uh, purchases from 7-Eleven, it's an uh, application that allows them to win prizes and coupons. Uh, again, bringing the customer back uh, as many times as possible. That's a lot of times when you look at a lot of these on-demand delivery and convenience stores, the, the name of the game, like always with SaaS, is stickiness. So how can we bring that customer back? Another really interesting partnership is the, with Philippine Smart uh, Communications. Uh, this is uh, basically a group that helps give out um, minutes, cards, uh, cell phones, uh, something like uh, kind of a T-Mobile-like of the Philippines. Uh, same thing here. As you buy more of those products in 7-Eleven, you can win prizes and even more smart products, call cards, etc., uh, which are a lot bigger in Asian countries than uh, even here in the United States as well. Let's dive into next lifestyle engagement. Uh, this one gets a little fun too, because I think a lot of us will recognize some of the partners on this one. The first one is one of my favorite games of all time. Uh, one that I'm, one of my siblings is actually incredibly good at uh, is a Rocket League. Many of you probably know this. Uh, it's basically uh, a game where you play soccer with a giant ball, but instead of a human kicking it around. It's usually a person in a in a car or a cart of some type. Uh, so they partner with Rocket League. So for certain purchases and certain items, you can collect points and actually win in-game uh, costumes, in-game prizes, things of that nature. The second one, which some of us might think has fallen off the map, but it's definitely not true, uh, especially over in Japan and other Asian countries, is Pokemon Go. Uh, they've actually, uh, it's the company behind it is Ninantic, and they've actually uh, taken 19,000 uh, stores in Japan and turned them into Pokestops within the game. So again, uh, as people come to these different Pokestops to trade and, and capture Pokemon, they're going to be also becoming customers of 7-Eleven. Uh, and last and not least is a, a company called Sarah, which is the Japanese type of Yelp. Uh, and this is actually an investment that uh, 7-Eleven has uh, put into. And what they gain off of this is really data of their competitors and other stores around them to figure out what consumers are looking to buy and, and what's popular at the time. Uh, On-demand delivery is going to be a lot of names that you recognize here. Uh, if you pull this one up, the biggest partners out there are Grubhub, Postmates, DoorDash, uh, Instacart, and Drizzly, which is more of an on-demand uh, alcohol delivery program. Uh, of course, in order to uh, keep up with GoPuff and other companies like that, you're going to need to partner with these guys to make sure that you can deliver on time. And as for everyone that uses these, I'm sure you've seen 7-Eleven pop up there as a company you could uh, purchase from. Uh, there's also Neuro. Uh, we've wrote about Neuro a number of times at Freight Waves. They are a robotics company that's delivered for companies like Domino's. Um, and they started serving uh, California customers with Neuro in 2021. Uh, and then an investment as well in Serve Robotics. So uh, 7-Eleven Ventures, well, actually Seven Ventures is 7-Eleven's uh, VC arm. Uh, they made an investment in Serve Robotics, which is self-driving robots that focus on work, uh, driving along sidewalks and neighborhoods in, in that manner. So uh, a lot of investment going on there. And then last, but definitely not least, I think this is like really important to kind of uh, understand 
uh, especially globally, uh, how these can be very helpful to customers. So on the financial services side, uh, they partnered with Arcus, which is a MasterCard payment solution. So in Latin America, where most people use cash, they're able to quickly open up a uh, payment card that they can go and track online. They can even track it through their own 7-Eleven app. They've also partnered with Shopee in Malaysia, which is a mobile wallet. So much like Apple Pay, they can just go into a 7-Eleven and go ahead and, and pay that through their mobile phone. And then in Thailand, they've also partnered with Sign Commercial Bank, uh, which actually lets uh, users open up a savings account in 7-Eleven, right? So I'm over here just assuming I can get um, a, a decent slice of pizza at, at one o'clock in the morning and a Slurpee. But uh, in other locations, 7-Eleven is serving almost like a bank for a lot of its customers. And then a couple areas that aren't on this list as well is, is a lot to do with more of the environmental side. So they've also partnered with P&G in order to start putting uh, EV fast chargers in their stores or outside their stores in their parking lots. And they partnered with Honeywell to make sure that they're uh, upgrading all their refrigerated systems to save as much energy as possible. And those are just really three key, or a couple of key areas environmentally that they're focused on. But it shows you the uh, work that 7-Eleven is putting in to make sure that they are one of the top convenience stores, stay one of the top convenience stores, and continue to compete with a lot of the technology and on-demand delivery systems we see today. And that's what it takes in order to make sure that you're staying competitive internationally and serving more customers who actually need services like financial services, we listed off, that, that aren't easily available to them like we find here in America. Uh, and, and speaking of international growth and being able to help e-commerce companies expand and, and sell in different areas, uh, our guest today is one that can dive into this for us as well. Uh, we have with us today Chad Schofield, the co-founder and chief digital officer of Boxy. Uh, Chad, how are you doing today? Good. How are you? I'm doing well. Excited to have you here and uh, really excited to introduce Boxy to our community. Uh, can you tell us a little bit of, more about your past in um, logistics and really why you founded Boxy to begin with? Uh, yeah, I mean, in some ways, you know, my and, and the co-founders, a lot of times we kind of came from the sourcing uh, area of, uh, of e-commerce in that way. And then we really wanted to find a way to to uh, ship uh, uh, affordably and, and but a good value around the world. Um, and so we ended up creating Boxy, which uh, is really what we call ourselves as a um, e-commerce logistics management platform. And that gives the ability to kind of put to pull together uh, last mile carriers from around the world and uh, connect all the pieces to the first mile carriers around the world, allow e-commerce e-commerce retailers to uh, ship direct to customers uh, anywhere. I love that. And I guess before, while you're creating Boxy, what were some of the biggest issues that you saw with technology available out there today that was maybe slowing down uh, the ability for e-commerce retailers to expand to customers uh, across the world? Yeah, I think, I think that there's probably two areas in there when it comes to e-commerce. One is it's just uh, very intimidating and confusing to most e-commerce retailers about, you know, duties and taxes and r regulations and how, how do I just do, 
keep track of this. I just don't understand it uh, or it's just too complicated. So many times you will have uh, e-commerce retailer just not do it. Uh, and if they do, it's very, uh, it's, you know, we just do it and we'll just throw it in the post and be done with it. And then, and then the other part, part of that is, it, you know, it's, uh, there weren't, there's not, weren't a really lot of good op- options. Um, you know, there's a postal uh, option and then there's, uh, you know, a, um, more like the integrators, you know, express and those options. So there wasn't anything, you know, able to take advantage of what's out there, uh, but it's somewhat fragmented. So uh, this, you know, we kind of gave the ability to create a shipping uh, route between two countries uh, using, you know, uh, different last mile carriers, um, middle mile, uh, first mile, and and allowed that to be much more affordable and and uh, and and sustainable the first retailer to ship internationally yeah it's uh it's funny i was just thinking time i had my first instinct would just go to maybe ups and fedex and, and ship that out but imagine having hundreds of customers and having to label all those yourself and it would be uh, quite and then and, and the customer service of it right like being able to actually showcase when it's going to deliver um problem solving if it's not there um, can be an enormous headache. Um, how, I guess when you're working with some of your new customers or, or sellers that are just starting to uh, see some, some real growth um, within their their own e-commerce experience or their, their stores or whatever they're selling, uh, what, what issues tend to arise, especially when it comes to dealing with the last mile delivery uh, and making sure it actually ends up on someone's doorstep in, a no, in another country? Uh, well, a lot of that is we keep, you know, our platform keeps control of that, you know, uh, gives you control over where, what last mile carrier it is. It's also, you know, it uses the uh, last mile carrier's tracking number. So as far as a consumer's concerned, um, they're getting, you know, other than the time frame. Uh, being a little bit longer than normal, they're getting pretty much a local experience with, their, with the shipping because it's a familiar local shipper to them, last mile carrier. And then also, you know, we, you know, our platforms used by, um, uh, you know, airlines, uh, freight forwarders, um, uh, 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 postal operators to also kind of create their own and, um, and better uh, service to ship around the world. Uh, so many times it's not just e-commerce uh, customer, e-commerce retailers. It's many times companies that are in the logistics industry but don't have the um, technology or the capabilities, you know, to easily get into e-commerce side of it. Uh, so they can leverage a lot of their um, um, existing infrastructure to take advantage of that. And uh, like an airline already has air freight capacity and they can just pretty quickly be, be ready to go and, and deliver for e-commerce retailers wherever they're located and uh, around the world. That's awesome. So it's, you're almost allowing logistics providers to add uh, a whole new value set to their offerings without having to make that, that huge tech investment. So it's, uh, I'm sure, very helpful, especially now as 
logistics providers probably trying to find or at least dig their way into the e-commerce network a little bit more. Yeah, we're excellent. We're a gateway drug into the e-commerce shipping <laughs> business for <laughs> logistics well, providers. I love that. Yeah. <laughs> so it's very easy for them. As I described the e-commerce retailers experience, that passes on to them. So they can offer that same experience to their customers and their clients. So they don't really have to worry about all these things. We kind of abstract all that out. You know, I'm wondering from your experience as well in this industry, kind of like uh, zooming out a little bit more for many of these like large retailers, we've seen them canceling a, a number of their shipments due to a lot of their inventory still being here available in the U.S. and having troubles getting that off the shelves. Uh, have you seen this with any of even within your customers and how do you how do you help them avoid making these decisions that could lead to this excess inventory situation? Um, well, that's really a lot of our customers from the e-commerce retailers are, are really are we're somewhat very well placed uh, when the, you know, everything started uh, becoming congested and, and then too much inventory, all the, all the upsets. Because there, many times we have a lot of customers that are fulfilling in China or Vietnam or directly, you know, close to the manufacturer. So they're and then then shipping direct to consumer from there rather than importing it to the U.S. or into Europe and then then distributing it, you know, doing e-commerce shipping. So they don't have to keep a lot of inventory they on hand, and so they can move pretty quickly. Um, uh, you know, adjust for any changes in, in slower sales or, or bypass, you know, congestion. And we had a lot, we got, we picked up a lot of business, uh, from companies that re- especially last peak season, holiday season. Um, there was a lot of companies that just decided to sh- ship directly to consumer from China, um, rather because they could not get, um, uh, inventory into the U.S. to to put in the warehouses to hit, you know, peak season, holiday season. So they were able to bypass that. So it gave them a lot of agility uh, and flexibility to, to deal with anything like that. On that note, especially agility and in, in, in dealing internationally, you know, uh, many companies, uh, you know, if, if there's some type of global tension, like the pandemic or the Russia-Ukraine conflict we're currently seeing, um, or, or some some type of global tension that may push a retailer uh, or e-commerce provider to to change where they're supplying or getting their supplies. Is how do you how can technology help them build a more agile supply chain? And do you see a number of customers? at this time looking for different international suppliers and and in order to maintain their growth that they've achieved, especially in the e-commerce network, right, over the last couple of years? Um, yeah, I mean, you know, that's, as you go into agility, the flexibility, you know, our platform kind of allows for custom um, uh, routes, as we call them, uh, you know, from one country to another country. So if you have the, the demand or the, or what have you, the volume, it's not very much to spin that up. So if you have a lot of customers in certain uh, parts of the world, uh, you can 
you know, build that route and it goes, you know, and, and service those customers um, to bypass any, you know, uh, anything that can happen, you know, like this said, Ukraine, yeah. you know, pandemic, all that. It really builds that in. So, and it also puts you in a position where um, your, your inventory can be, Yes, you spread it around. Even if you're you have warehouses in Europe or the U.S. and, and your key markets and that sort of thing, it also puts you in position to where if you run into back orders or products are really popular, they go viral on TikTok and out you're out of inventory in in Europe and 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 in a week, uh, and then you're stuck with waiting, you know, thirty, sixty, ninety days to get into there. You can you know s- streamline that and and start fulfilling those orders straight near from the manufacturer direct to the consumer from, from there. So it just gives you a lot of flexibility in in that way. And, and it's more, and it can be supplemental. I mean, you know, of course you want to have your most popular products, you know, and there's plenty of volume, you know, of demand for it. You could have it, you know, in the, your, your U S warehouses, but on products that, you know, are, Maybe it's, it's a shallow inventory, you know, uh, on sizing and things like that, or, or you know, there's all sorts of reasons why it can be supplemental as well as just a, you know, full-on strategy just due to international shipping, and also test new markets, test new products, um, and do limited, you know, manufacturing runs near the factory, and you know, ship those out and test out a new product. Especially love that you brought up, uh, as much as I avoid TikTok as much as possible, the viral aspect of things, right? Because once something does go viral, if you aren't going to tell these people, hey, 60 to 90 days, the product will be available, something else is going to go viral day three from now, right? So it's always good that there's that supplementary piece too. And I guess uh, for the, the remainder of the year, going into peak season, a lot of holiday shopping, uh, what do you expect to see from from the e-commerce space globally? And, and how is Boxy preparing customers to, to handle those sales? Uh, well, we always, you know, I think all, everyone in the e-commerce business starts to prepare their customers for what's coming. And we, you know, and to gauge what's, what they are, their expectations are. So we'll start that pretty really this month to start asking, you know, if there's any plans of new product launches or marketing or what whatever plans may be happening for our customers. Um, and then as far as, you know, and we prepare a lot, you know, um, uh, you know, the pandemic when the world was melting down and, you know, air freight, air capacity became just almost non-existent. You know, we had to, you know, we had a lot of work to do um, and scrambling to do. So we prepare for that mm-hmm. for a big season, air freight. Um, and, uh, you know, and then we, you know, judge by their customers and we have to give our last mile carriers a bit of a heads up or what we expect and uh, and all that. But as time goes on, we open up more and more ports that were, you know, set up for to, to allow anyone, you know, any of our customers to enter into and, so, you know, decentralize that a bit um, and uh, take care of the opportunity. Uh, so that's really kind of where we, where we prepare for the holiday season and peak season. 
Awesome. Well, to wrap this up really quick, Chad, as a new guest of the show, I like to play a quick game with everyone. And uh, it's called What Kind of Consumer Are You? Where we take some of the different trends we've seen over the past year or so and see maybe how that's changed or how people are going back to normal. And I think the first one I'd, I'd love to ask you is, well, I think we only have time for one, but uh, a big one is home delivery, especially when it comes to groceries. So I'm wondering, do you shop online for your groceries or do you uh, order them through an app and del- have them delivered to your home? <laughs> so I go to the grocery store. I used to shop online and have it delivered when I was uh uh, but now I've moved to the grocery store. It, it, yeah. <laughs> I, I will say slowly I've gotten back to the grocery store too. <laughs> well, hey, uh, Chad, where can people go and learn more about Boxy and reach out to you as well? Uh, boxy.com, B O X C, as in Chad, dot uh, com. Uh, and you'll get a lot of effort. You know, there you can reach out and contact us and and get a lot of more information. I love that. And we'll make sure to share that as well. And thank you so much, Chad, for coming on. We'll have to have you on again soon as you start to grow, especially during after the peak season. Let's see how that goes. Yeah, we can give you a a post-mortem. What's that? A prologue. Yeah. Yes, exactly. Love it. Thanks so much, Chad. And for everyone out there today, remember that we are not just a show, not just not a podcast. We are a community and we do have a bi-weekly newsletter. So make sure you go to FreightWaves.com, click on newsletters and sign up for our newsletter today. Other than that, thank you everyone for listening. And I won't see you next week because we do have a summit, but I'll talk to you here in a a couple weeks from now. Enjoy your Labor Day weekend and I'll talk to you soon. I'm not going to do that.